because we're blowing right through nap time right now. And uh, oh yeah, have you not taken any more night naps now that workies are back? No, I do think I actually did take one on a work night. Maybe two nights ago. On Monday, you took a night. Nap. On Monday. Yeah. Okay. It's very confusing to me. I said chaos. Yeah. It's not a great idea, but you know why I've started to experiment with it a little bit? Why? Because I listened to a long podcast about sleep. Uh huh. And the expert who I trusted uh-huh. was extolling the values of taking a 20 minute nap uh-huh. at some point in the day. And my only opportunity when I'm working is to do night nap. You obviously can't work nap. In a perfect world. You know, that would be great. That's very Spanish. Yes. But we can't do that, or I can't do that. So, you know, why not try it at night? I did it accidentally the first time, uh-huh. and it felt pretty good. And it didn't Always seem does. to disrupt my sleep too much. You just can't have a 45-minute nap. That's the thing, is you got to do a 10 to 20. Yeah. Which normally I find really difficult to do because to put myself down for a night's sleep, it's a process. It yes. takes like an hour, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But if you just eat a lot of carbs, you, you can sleep back. for 10 minutes real <laughs> easy. You just That's called resting your eyes. You know, the old people in your life ever just be like, I just have to rest my eyes. Just let me. Absolutely. Just, That's what my grandpa here, would yeah. always say when he was watching Texas Walker, Texas Ranger. At like three in, in the afternoon. Yeah. Or like, no, that's a post evening news. So you're just like, well, let me just uh, not because you're not going to go to. It's admitting I'm not going to go to sleep till 11, but I've been up since six in the morning. It seems prudent that I shut my eyes for a little bit because otherwise, what are we going to do? I'm going to fall asleep at 830 and fucking hate the world. Yeah. Woof. No, six o'clock. Close those eyes. Well, you know, I struggle with this because my natural body rhythm is to sleep for like 10 or 11 hours. That's. Uh, You should see a doctor. Yeah. Unchecked. That's what happens. Yeah. You're probably deficient in something. So I'm wondering if I can just do like a night nap and then feel better on seven hours or eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Because I also learned in that sleep podcast that your normal rhythm at night is an hour and a half cycle. So you reach your deepest sleep like every 45 minutes. Okay. And you you kind of go in these waves. You go to the deepest sleep and then you come out of them and so on and so on. So it's not good for you to wake up when you're in that 45-minute deep sleep. You want to wake up on the The valleys. Not the valleys, I'm sorry, the peaks of each cycle. So that's why sometimes it feels better to just get up with six hours of sleep as opposed to getting up with seven hours of sleep, but you're in the middle of the next cycle. Uh Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe doing a little night nap will keep my cycles more contained, you know? It is also, again, night naps are like the deepest sleep ever. Sort of, not really. Mm. I mean, I feel like it almost isn't sleep. Like you're aware of the room, (laughs) which is, not I. it explains a lot for me because when I take my secret videos of you, which by the way, I have a collection of many, many of them now, because Will likes to take his night naps and scroll on his phone while he's sleeping. Well, you just, your eyes start to dwindle and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to keep on. And your thumb just is like, okay, we're going. Yeah. So I I have half a dozen videos of Will's explore page just rolling by while he's sleeping. Anyway, so what I was saying was, you're aware of the room, kind of. Eh, not always. Like I, mean, I, I felt like I was in a half sleep. Like it felt really restful and good, but it was strange. It's a nether world. Yeah, yeah. 
It's an in-between. I mean... You, I like blackout sleep. You've That's also what I seen me, like, fall asleep for night nap and just saw in every log, like, taking down forests of trees. Yeah, well, that's when I'll wake you up. That's not tolerable. That's a sleep for the bed. You're not allowed to have snore on the couch. There is no snore on the couch. I have snored so loud I've woken myself up on the couch. And gone, oh, God, no. Oh, no. Oh, we have problems. Or, like, the drool just, like, hits, like, my open shirt. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm wet. Ew, gross. Oof, that's one kind of a wet dream. Jeez. <laughs> I just slobber like a fucking, what are the, what's the Beethoven dog? St. Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. Just a snoring St. Bernard on the couch. Just, <laughs> oh, I'm wet. Oh, everything's wet. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why you have to listen to a podcast to have, you know, extol the virtues of nap time. I've been only... extolling it for years. Years. I know, but I don't trust you. You're not a, you're not a trusted source in my life. You're a source of disinformation. Excuse me. You should be banned from the internet. Excuse me. You're the real world, Joe Rogan. Marjorie Taylor Greene. R.I.P. Oh, boy. To the queen. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, not. Not in this house. Um, First Trump, now her. There's nothing good left on the internet. Except I did discover the other day that Donald Trump Jr. has an Instagram page. Oh, boy. Where he posts just boomer memes. And, you what? know, I have to admit, it's really bad. Like, it's, you know, it's 13-year-old boy humor, so... Mm. It's right up my alley, though. Okay. Like, it's fun to have it come through the feed. Like him calling people branch COVIDians. What the fuck is that? It, people that are overly concerned with coronavirus. Why branch? Branch Davidians. I don't know what this means. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. You just lack basic knowledge of things and stuff. Waco, Texas. The Branch Davidians, David Koresh, none of that means anything to you. You have no idea what there I There was a shootout said. at Waco, right? That's right. That's what I got. It. I got it. Yeah. That's David David Koresh was the charismatic leader of a Christian cult called the Branch Davidians. Was he hot? Yes. No. Oh. And I guess, 90s hot. Sort so of like, nebbishy with long hair. We gotta look this up. Hold on. I'll be the judge of this. All right, fine. Anyway, while you're looking that up, I'll just explain to you what it is. So he was the charismatic follower of American this, cleric of this Christian cult. No, not hot. Called the Branch Davidians. He looks like hence the Branch Covidians. Oh boy, it's a pretty good pun actually. He looks like Trevor in a wig. Can I see him? I haven't seen real life David Crush in a while. Oh yeah, he looks way worse real life. I'm thinking of the actor because you know there was, there was that show Waco on Netflix, which was only an okay show. I mean, but the actor in that was pretty good. Yeah, this guy is gonna give you gonorrhea. Well, I think he did give many of his young oh, gross. followers. Yeah, he's like, hey, come to come to my loft in Bushwick. I have ketamine. He literally did do that. I mean, he would bring people in by playing them the guitar and promising them okay. enlightenment. So I can't, I can't stay here anymore. I need to go somewhere else. Another world. <laughs> I need to go to a different place. Um, his real name was Vernon. That's kind of a cool name, actually. Vernon Wayne Howell. That sounds like a serial killer name. Yeah. Vernon Wayne Howell. Anytime there's three names. Three names. And one of them is Wayne. Vernon. You're in trouble. Yeah, Vernon. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no, no. I don't know. How do people fall for that? Come on. Come on. Granted, like, let's be real. You know, we're all in, what is it called? Uh, what was that guy on the on the Joe Rogan, the everyone panic at the same time disco? Excuse me? What? There was an episode that this guy was like, we're in a mass psychosis. 
Oh, I listened to that one. Yeah, Dr. Robert Malone. He's not a real doctor. There's no fucking way. No, he is a real doctor. No, he's not. It's amazing. I'm I'm very interested to hear what you've heard through the mainstream media about this episode. Because I listened to the whole four-hour episode as soon as it came out. Oh, I just learned about it from Twitter. Okay. And everyone's just like, this guy. What are people saying about it? Just like, he is... He has not developed any vaccine. He has not published a paper in a very long time, and everything that he has written has been struck down immediately and withdrawn. Uh, partly true, partly not true. He was a... Okay, see, this is what they'll never tell you. <laughs> <laughs> he was a master's student, I think, or was in medical school and was part of the graduate team that developed mRNA vaccines. Interesting. So he does misrepresent himself because he says that he's the inventor of it, but there is no inventor of it singular. And he was simply a grad student in the department that developed it. So yeah, I mean, he d- he's... he's got a lot of biases and is peddling a lot of bullshit yeah i but he did say this thing about mass formation psychosis and then google blocked that search term if you search that right now nothing comes up for it the wikipedia entry for a similar thing is like 11th or 12th down oh and the top results are like articles saying that it's misinformation it's really weird and dystopian that's weird i mean people were posting screenshots of like trying to search for it and google said you know, the results are changing quickly, and it just wouldn't surface anything. Huh. And now it just surfaces news articles about this. It's very, they, it's very weird. Do they know that, like, when they do that, they're like, it's in the best, you know, the best interest of the public. I'm like, you know, you're just making the crazy You're just making crazier. it worse. Like, come yeah. on. Like, I just know. let it. The internet is a place where everything goes. Put everything up. Who fucking cares? And then... It's not that way anymore, man. Google's been doing this for a long time anyway. It's why people use DuckDuckGo. Which I have no. a hard time bringing. Fuck my... that name. Yeah, absolutely the, not. The name makes it tough, but honestly, it's it's hard to find things on Google. We just went through this the other night. When I was, what was I looking for? That was like pirated material that used to be really easy to find, mm-hmm. and now you just can't. You just can't. Mm-hmm. It's not there. You can't get to torrent websites. Oh. Everything is everything is bad. It's been ruined. No, you were just looking for the explosion, some kind of explosion. Yes, that's right. I was looking for on YouTube. I was looking for the bombing in Ukraine. Right. The thermite bomb from a drone, and you can't really find it. It took me a long time to find that. Long time in internet time is like, ooh, this yeah, is but taking when, upwards but when you of 45 search, seconds. When you search 2014 thermite bomb drone Ukraine, and it doesn't surface that result, that's insane that that's being blocked. Well, That's such a specific search term to not be able to find it. It should be the first video. Well. You know? I think, but anyway, like I think you're the saying, keyword there is thermite, and then you just go, "Hi, show me all of it." I mean, and they're like, eh, "You sure?" I don't know. But main point being, just let it let the shit happen. They definitely should just let shit happen. I mean, how many times have we been over this? I feel like my position on this is very clear. Censorship is bad, folks. <sighs> it's not care. good, and you're right. It does make the crazies worse. Makes the crazies worse, and then they go, oh, "They're fucking with your mind, man!" And you're like, "No, like, it's." Anytime you go like, D- please don't look at that. It's like, it's like the little kid thing of like, oh no no, no don't don't look at that. They're gonna be like, I'm gonna find that the key to that box. I'm gonna open that box, and you're like, look what you found, mom's vibrators. Aren't you scarred for life now? Okay, great. Yeah. But that's what you, two girls, one cup. This is what we did with the internet yeah. lemon party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to scar yourself and have that shit in your brain forever, go right ahead. We're not gonna tell you no. 
Oh my god. I mean, I was way better off pre-Trump and COVID. Like, it's made me way more crazy having shit blocked than like watching ISIS videos of joint alien pilots getting murdered. I mean, I was way better off in that universe. I was a mentally healthier person. I don't know about that. Than having this mm-hmm. taken away from me. <laughs> apples, oranges. I don't know how you <laughs> apples, potatoes. You know. Um, uh, speaking of Joe Rogan, did you see the graph going around on Twitter of the basically the Nielsen stats of mainstream? sources of news what no it's kind of insane joe rogan gets four times as many viewers and listeners to his programs than the next most viewed person who is tucker carlson and then rachel maddow cnn people like that i mean it's he gets 10 times as america's stupid i fucking hate this place hey listen man i mean i i only bring it up because it's along the lines of these conversations all he does is talk to people and you can be mad about Joe Rogan's political opinions or biases or, you know, who he selectively brings on or not. There are criticisms there. But, like, he doesn't he doesn't do anything but just have conversations with people. And it's weird. It's not weird that people gravitate towards that over other presentations why, that are like, so carefully curating what they're talking about. But maybe, like, let's not call it news. No, it's you talk radio. It, it, at, it's talk radio at best. It's, like, educational in. In, in infotainment sometimes yeah but that's yeah. this is the problem i'm like people can't tell the difference between that i need some fu- i need a grizzled old con- i need someone to resuscitate walter cronkite from the dead to just be like jfk shot well we know we we are aware you're back from the dead though what well i think the unfortunate reality that you have to accept is that for many people joe rogan is like walter cronkite he is uh... he is a trusted source and like look i get it i understand why i listen to a lot of his stuff but like, I just want someone to read, like, literally read the like fucking like. This is what happened today. I want the announcer. Yeah, which is what Twitter is. They're like, no, announcement. No, 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 no. Things are happening. That's not what. That's not what Twitter is because it has all the same. It has the same problem that Joe Rogan has well, yeah. times a million, which is is selection bias. Well, yeah. Like the biggest problem I think you can have with somebody like a podcaster is what they is what they source from, right? And then mm. that gives them their slant. But that's what all news organizations or, you know, media presentation apparatuses do. Twitter's yeah. just worse because the power posters on there have so much control, incidentally, of which is weird, what yeah. goes viral or not. You know, I, I forget what exactly the number is, but there's 22 million Americans on Twitter, which is not that many. No. And then of those 20-whatever-million, 20 uh, I think... Two percent of them make eighty percent of the posts. That sounds right. So you're you're dealing with what a couple thousand people at that point who work at seventeen different media companies, right? That work for the same media companies anyway. I mean, you know, and you're also talking about deep state actors. Like I was just looking the other day. It it came out recently that a lot of subreddits are literally moderated by like NGOs. They're like moderated by the World Economic Forum and other things like that so like you have to imagine that twitter accounts are the same way especially if these people work for these publications they're just another outlet for them well the 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 thing of the twitter is that what i you know in my like recent doom scrolling all the time because nothing else to do um is that every day there's a a daily protagonist of twitter so there's always one person one theme of the day where we're gonna shit on somebody for doing the wrong thing or the right thing or whatever it is you know r.i.p betty white she's everyone's thing for the day and god forbid you have a hot take on betty because you will die they will come for you um but like the other day this i actually thought i was like the internet is a great place um this guy was like teachers just don't want to go to work whatever if if they want to but you know this kind of 
something and then someone was just like you got ousted from your relationship by your third and then someone went oh yeah follow up with pictures and it was just like the guy who tweeted this thing shitty about teachers and then a picture of him and his partner then a third one and then just the the guy in the the partner in the the twink Oh, nice. So the guy got cucked is what you're saying. Uh-huh. This happens to a surprising amount of right-wing people. It's very funny They, to they me. really should just turn Right-wing it. gays are really having a moment right now in culture. And Listen, I'm like, y'all gotta... I don't even think it's a gay or a straight thing. Right-wing cucks are a real phenomenon. Yeah. And I think they need to turn it around on the libs and just start to own it. They don't know how to own it is the problem. They can't because too much of the ideology... It, it, would never promote something so beta. Plus, if they get off on the shame, they don't really want to own anything. You know, it's yeah, a, it's yeah, a yeah, psychosis yeah. that, you know, whatever. But I think it was it was just very funny that someone was just like, oh, you want to have a shitty opinion? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, while we're on the while we're on the media subject, I've been thinking about this all, all day today because another very good podcast that I listened to was a Le- Lex Friedman did a podcast with a doctor. His name's Jay something. I can't pronounce his last name. This is the guy who dresses up like a waiter to interview people. It's a long Indian name. Um, Yes, that's Lex. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, I don't know if anybody cares what I think. Probably not. But his podcast has had a real glow up lately. He gets the best guests and does really good interviews. Um, Yes, he wears a suit and tie and looks like a waiter. But yeah, you his, just... que- his questions are good and he's pretty even handed. I would say of all sources lately, I really like his stuff anyway. Okay. But he did a podcast today with a guy who is a you know well-known epidemiologist who is lockdown skeptical, mm-hmm. right? And he's been discredited by the head of the NIH. He's been discredited by Fauci, all these people, along the lines of the guy that Rogan had on. However, this guy is not the Robert Malone guy. He's not a grifter that's like misrepresenting himself and making an anti-vaccine point. It's not that at all. His point is just that lockdowns are way more harmful than you know, more limited restrictions that are targeted at the people that are actually vulnerable. Okay. Right? That's, that's all that it's about. But so I was thinking about it today because Lex does a really good job of this even handed quality where he doesn't politicize it. He's very good as an interviewer about not putting it in terms of like clapbacks, hot takes. It's not this Twitter thing that you were describing where it's like, yeah, cool. The right wing guy got owned for being a cuck. Great. In a weird way that also goes against the liberal people's values that are, shaming him for that they're like there's a lot about it that doesn't make any sense it doesn't make the internet a good place when someone has an opinion and the immediate thing to do is dox them and shame them right that's a <laughs> that's a bad thing or this one was funny though I don't or know. even whatever it doesn't matter if it's funny or not. that's giggle. like not a that's not a civil thing to do you no. shouldn't do that to people and but it's funny. even even discounting that example mostly what happens on twitter is this is my opinion here's the opposing opinion it's like it's like crossfire that fucking show by the way featuring tucker carlson from that, back in the i thought day. that was chris matthews it was like it was it was tucker and somebody else and it was supposed to be like liberal and conservative and we go back and forth with hot takes it oh. might have been chris matthews i don't know so it's kind of like that Sports Center show, but for politics, is yes. what you're saying? Yes, but that's what the entire internet has transformed into. That's what actually a lot of conversation has transformed into. Yeah. So my point with this is just that I liked this interview today because it's like a very touchy subject, and I felt like it was handled really deftly. And I think it's a podcast that people should listen to if they're, you know, basically fed up with this shit and want to hear a nice perspective on that. Or even if you're not fed up with it, if you're somebody that's very. Uh, COVID cautious, you'd benefit from hearing like a conversation where it's not about, you know, scoring points. 
Right. That hasn't happened very often. I like that about <laughs> Rogan, too. That's why I'll stand up for him. He has his biases, and he's kind of a ding I think he needs you to stand up for him. No, I know, but like... Billions of dollars from Spotify. But listen, I talk to you, and it's like, you know, uh, outside of me exposing you to it, you would never know anything about it. None of our friends... Like, mm. people do... I don't know. I don't. It's not like people need to hear it, but fuck it. I want to say it. Say what? That I stand up for people like that because oh. I don't think it's a bad thing that people don't have to watch CNN or Fox News or go on Twitter for their information. It's better than that. It's better than that for sure. Yeah. Well, whatever happened to? Remember, there was a time when everyone was like, "Oh yes, Mother Jones is going to tell us what's," and that fell off a cliff. Well, I don't know, man. I, my, my opinion is, look, I have a diverse diet. Yeah. Of these things, I think it. I'm better for that. Anybody that is going to latch on to one source or another is, is in, lost to yeah. me at this point. You're not a friend of mine if that's what you do. I'm sorry. I do like the only reason why the Twitter thing is funny because you you can just go down the rabbit hole and just be like, what is someone? Okay, whatever. And then you can usually just kind of bounce around. Is this what people are talking about? This is this is maybe my, you know, the depths of my insanity where I'm like, are people really talking about X? Okay. Like, it's not about finding out more. It's not even new. Uh, that's this is what I mean in terms of I just want someone to deliver what's ha- excuse me what's happening in the world, and then I will make my own distinct you know distinctions. If someone posts an article, I'm like okay, eh, whatever, not even worth reading. Whatever. Why are you have Why are we thinking about this? Like what's what's in the zeitgeist for the moment? I'll take it from there if it's worthwhile or useful. You know. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing. This is what Reddit. It's supposed to do aggregate the things and just be like, here you go. Yeah. Well, you know, but it has it ends up being the same. Everything ends up being the same as Twitter anyway, because that's right. the top of the pyramid and everything filters down from there. And half of all social media now is just screenshots from Twitter. So you can use Instagram or for this. Posts of TikToks. Sure. You can use Instagram for this. You can use Reddit for this. You can use Twitter itself, whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah, sure. I think most people with a media diet of any kind end up sort of skating along the surface and saying like, what are we talking about today? If you're online enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. mm, That is how millennials absorb their information. Like I've said before on the podcast and you know, like my dad is flabbergasted that I don't watch the local news. He's like, how do you know anything about anything? You don't read the newspaper and you don't watch the local news. You hear about a fucking pile up on the LIE. I don't give a shit. Well, yeah, but like think think about it in those terms. Like, isn't that what Twitter basically is? When like the the beta cuck Republican is getting dunked on, that is just a pile up on the freeway for right, millennials true, and yeah. Zoomers. It's pathetic. Well, it's your little treat at the end of like seeing what else is going on. Then you're like, ooh, that's bad. Like, I guess as long as you treat it that yeah. way, it's a good thing. It, it, but people get too absorbed by it. Yeah, and then that just becomes that's vir- This is where virality becomes a, a hindrance to understanding what actually is happening in culture where you just get obsessed over the things of like what went viral yeah i mean the best metric i ever heard for this was there's some people that are interested in reading the article and there's some people interested in what people are saying about the article right and it's become an ecosystem where most people are just concerned about what people are saying about it and i would rather read the article for the i think i think we're moving past that as a culture you know I think the idea, doubt, but go ahead. I mm, I just want I just think like because I love I love a good hot take. I love a hot take, but I'm also just like oh, a lot of these hot takes are just not even like they're almost BuzzFeed in their lack of rigor in having an opinion. Well, that's always what a hot take was. You understand mm. that, right? There's no such thing as a substantive hot take. You could have yeah, they do exist. No, they don't because it because to have something that's like nuanced and informed, you need to have length to it. 
But I like another reason that like long form podcasts in general are a good source of information as opposed to other things, because at least you get in depth, whether it's misinformation or not. At least you get three hours of it. It's not you have to have sustained attention. It's more like reading a book than it is anything else. Like Twitter post does not do that. No, but I I like I well, this is what Gawker used to do in its heyday of like, which like do research and then just have like a succinct take, because I think like, you know, just thinking about but this is also, you know, 12 years ago, the idea of like a really good critique, like in art school terms, is like really succinct, really to the matter, just quiet for a while. And then you go, you know what I think? I think this, 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 and this. Okay. Because this, this, and this, and then uh, we're done. I don't have a question. No follow-ups. I just wanted to say that to you, you know, or you ask and you're like, can you clarify for this? Because if you, if this means this, that I'm reading it as this respond, please. And they're like, uh, okay, moving on. Uh, Well, there's a lot to it. You know, when you are engaged in any type of conversation, especially a critical conversation, I think it behooves the person making the critique to try to steel man the other person's position as much as possible. You should try to make them give them the benefit of the doubt and try to make your opponent in this situation or, you know, what antagonist, whatever, make them look as smart as possible in the way that you frame the question. You should never be condescending or like diminish them in any way through your input. There's a way to, there's a way to frame everything that's generous towards their better intentions. Whether you think that they um, actually meet their aspirations or not should not really be a part of it. I always think for, for me, it was always just like, can you clarify anything about what you just said and not even saying like that, even though I probably did as a youth I'm like, can you just clarify what the fuck you're talking about? Um, which is the subtext. Cause you're just like, I'm getting a lot of messages and I can spiral out on three or what is the one that you want us to spiral out about? You know what, you know, please be directive. Um, is the sub, you know, the sub ask, but you know, the always, the, for me, it's always just like, can we just clarify? So we're on the same page and how we're going to talk about this right and that that's the generosity where you're like okay so tell me where i'm let me know where i'm going to bite my tongue so we don't you know derail this because i could right now really easily you know but i don't want to do that because that's that's a dick move you know yeah you should avoid that temptation at all times people mm. no i'm not saying that people perform that well they don't no but (laughs) I'm like, excuse me. No, but I'm saying that's what you should do. Well, that's like, especially listen, especially if you think you're a smart person and especially if you think you're smarter than other people, like if you're condescending other people in your head all the time, like I am, (laughs) the best thing to do is this role reversal is this is what happened over time. Uh, maybe sort of yeah but mm. the be- i think the best thing to do is try to frame it so that they look good and th- that you don't look good and if they fail at, oh absolutely not. If they i will f- never not well look good. listen w- so listen why because it, it is it isn't it isn't for them necessarily. It is in the sense that it's polite, but you want to frame the the way you talk to somebody in the most generous terms possible, because if they fe- fail to meet that generosity in return, they end up looking stupid to everybody that's in the know. Yeah. I would rather give you enough rope to hang yourself. It's a better form of condescension to be generous to people if that's really, you know, if, if you want to have that angle on it. It's, I mean, the... It's ultimately the setting is, them up for success, but their failure demonstrates a lot about their character. Well, and also like, or just like, can. well, not even character. It's just like, well, what is the breadth of, of this knowledge of whatever we're talking about? And, and you just go, oh, it's 
limited. Okay. That's true. It's not a moral Great. thing. It's not about their character. Yeah. But yeah. It is about their intellectual life. Yeah. Uh, not even that. It's just about like how rigorous are you about following that strain? Cause like, you, you know, it's also a, a test in terms of conversation in terms of like, how deep are we get? are we going to have like a hunker down, like moment talking about this? Or are we going to keep it light, keep it fresh, keep it moving? You know? And some people sure. are like, I want to get into it. And you're like, I don't really want to do that. Quite frankly, I don't have the energy. I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a new, another drink. We'll pick this up. Never pick it up again. Right. You know, yeah. like yeah. love doing, if you ever see me at a bar, readers and you're just like oh yeah we were talking and then he uh, had to step outside sometimes i actually have to step outside most of the time i'm just choosing to get away quite frankly like mm, i am not engaging in that one so i'm gonna step out okay bye see you later whatever oh yeah you oh yeah you just like kind of snuck out the other night yeah irish goodbye yeah didn't want to deal with any of that so i had to leave thanks so much Oh, I mean, the worst thing to have to deal with is just perfunctory goodbyes. Oh, no. Gotta yeah. go. Don't like it. Mm-mm. Is my tab closed? Okay, we're going to leave now. Bye-bye. I think this is why 2022, year of cash. Cash is going to be king, baby. Really? For me. Just so you can get out of situations. I can just leave when I'm just like, ugh, I, like, oh, I want to leave. Like, even dinner, just like, like how much is it going to cost? Like, check. Okay, great. Whatever. Here's a pile of cash. We're not doing signing. We're just, here's your pile of cash. I got to go. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want to deal with more like things, more steps. I want all the steps of life to be like, what? Here. We're done. Moving on to the next thing. It's going to be the year of impatience. Not that that's new. <laughs> Not that that's new, but I, I'm just like, I, I don't want to. I just don't want to anymore. Is that bad? I don't know. Yeah. Impractical, I think. <laughs> My year of frustration and impatience. That's my Atessa uh, <laughs> Masosky whatever book. Yeah, I had my year of rest and relaxation. Like, oh, get re- yeah. get ready for bitching and booking. Gotta go. Let's go. Ugh. Yeah, it turns out that year wasn't so good anyway. What? Everybody's a year of rest and relaxation. I guess it's two years now. Oh, by the way, this is the first. Who episode- had two years? Excuse me. I don't know. Nobody. Five months. Of on and Not off. even. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. I loved getting paid to do nothing. I would like to have that again, please. Yeah. Working sucks. It really sucks. It's bad. Yeah. Happy Happy New Year, everyone. This is the first episode of the new year. Is that what you're going to turn Yeah. That's... To? Well, yeah. I was just going to say. That's... It's true. This yep. is the first episode of the new year. Hello. Uh, any resolutions? No. <laughs> LOL. I have... I, I keep I keep circling like I got to go to the gym, but the frustration of being the January gym person. No, absolutely the not. The frustration and the shame of it just keeps putting me off. Also, just laziness. I just don't feel like it. I will go in February when everyone has dropped off after a month. Mm-hmm. And then, because then that gives me five months for beach season. And yeah. I, I can't go into another one, another year where I'm like, do I have to get a different size bathing suit? Right. Listen. Listen, if I have to order a 34 Nike Speedo, we're not doing it. Oh, boy. Uh-uh. I think it already is a 34. I don't know. But <laughs> I, the 30... Nikes get, run small, though. They do. They run very tiny. And, you know, when you're caked up from doing the Stairmaster for a year and then you sit on your ass and everything just kind of deflates, it can't hold it. It can't hold it. And your penis is shriveling from lack of use. Excuse me. <laughs> the water is so cold. Um, anywho, um, yeah, we're not. I'm not dealing with this anymore. I want to be ripped, not ripped. 
I just want impossible to get ripped in that amount of time. I also just want like my pant, like uh, my uh, flannel lined jeans to wear to the studio to fit without me sitting down and going, "Oh my god, I'm dying." <laughs> it's so cold. Yeah, I don't know, man. You gotta just uh, show some basic discipline. That's all. I don't know her, and I don't want to know her. As I pour this beer into this glass. Yeah, we gotta get the carbs out of the house. That is one thing I f- I feel in control over that I've done before and I need to get back to. No more buying bread. That's my New Year's resolution. Okay. Well, tell that we can finish off the stuffing with the eggies and then call it a day. I finished the stuffing already. There's a, there's another one. Don't worry. What? Oh my God! <laughs> you made so much stuff. It's a whole it's a whole tray. Wow. Well, that's all on you. While I'm getting lean and mean, and ready for the new year, uh-huh. you're gonna be just stuffing yourself with stuffing. So you can jump into the same bathing suit you've had for 10 years? You know, I got to get rid of that, I think. I might light it on fire if you ever... Oh, we're going to the beach. What are you taking? You know what's weird about that I'm going to light it on fire. Is that it is too big for me, even still, because I bought it in my fat times. Uh-huh. And it's been too big for me for uh-huh. like 10 years, and I just still wear it anyway. That's insane. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. I'm just not interested in buying another one. It's not a thing that ever crosses my radar. They they get thinner over time. Salt in ocean breaks down that fiber from H&M. Uh-huh. So you're just in a mesh thong on the <laughs> beach, and it's gross. Well, it's fine. It's Fort Tilden. That's what everybody does. I'm just fitting in with the crowd there. With the 80-year-old men in their string bikini? Oh, yeah, and the sexy young ladies, you know. Are you a sexy young lady? I'm aging out of it, but... <laughs> you're you're a milf is what you're telling me yeah I, I i absolutely am okay well you heard it here fo- first folks uh 2022 camper's year of change and transitioning yeah okay ftm wait what the uh, other one <laughs> <sighs> reader i'm so tired i just I i'm gonna go i'm gonna go m to f and then ftm my comeback what i'm gonna do my late 30s as a female and then in my 40s i'm gonna come back as a male I don't, okay let's we should cool it on this this topic that's this gonna is... spend i'm gonna spend so much money elective surgeries that health insurance will not help me with no and no one's contributing to your kickstarter for that so sorry it's just never gonna happen i don't know i think some people would pass it around Mm, no you think i've lost all my woke credibility no one would believe me no 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 absolutely not well that's too bad just gonna call her right now don't even try (laughs) um yeah i don't know no i think i think for the only thing that i'm thinking about for new year is also just like hmm, do i have to gotta figure out the the spending thing like, do we got to dial back the treats? I think I got to dial back the treats a lot. Yeah, I mean, I've been giving you that advice for a while. Yeah, but Or be more selective on the treats. You know, do I need to buy lunch at work? No. Why am I spending $60 a week? That's crazy. That's yeah. You shouldn't do that. When I could be spending $60 on a real treat. Okay, well, the thing about the money thing is... Because I will buy the real treat and spend the $60, and that's just 120 bucks down the drain. Right, but I have a bad feeling that when you would see the gains in your account, they would go towards... Better treats. Better treats. Yes. But you, but you need to accrue money, is the thing. No, I just need better better treats, better life, you know, enhance the lifestyle, not enhance the waistline, you know? 
Yeah. Okay. Fine. All right. That's 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 where I'm going. All right. I mean, I'm I'm just. That's the journey I want to go. <laughs> I'm so jaded at this point about giving you any type of advice that oh. I'll just let you live with that. that yeah, that's well. fine. Sure. I'm sure that'll happen for you. It might. It might. Or I just need a new job where I make $100,000 a year and then everything well, stays yeah, the same. Well, yeah, don't we all? Well, you know, I'm going to try. We're going to try this year. Everything's about trying this year. I'm going to try. Okay. All right. Good Good for you. I'll be 35. I can't live this way. Yeah, me neither. Ugh. I mean. I've gone the other direction, though, where I just don't expect anything to get better. And that's fine, too. Just let it get worse, actually. <laughs> Speed the decline. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. Speed the collapse. I've become an accelerationist. I'm tired of trying. I mean, you know, as you say that, you do look more like that Boccioni sculpture every day. The futurism one of the like speeding along the man. chonky man. Yeah, yeah, the chonky man where I'm melting while I'm running really fast. Yeah. yeah all right, that's cool. That's sort of like a you know, superpower. I'm like a melty flash. Yeah. 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 All right. Great. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. There you go. Works for me. Okay. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. All right. See, well, that's what it's about. I, I just absorb it and move on. Oh, see, that's a great mental health attitude. Good job for really? you. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not so, so sure about that. Well, you just absorb <laughs> it and move on. I don't know. I think that's healthy. You just go, all right, whatever. And and then next, you know. It's not bad. You could dwell on it. You yeah. Could, you could let things affect you greatly. No, I mean, I still dwell on a lot of things, but it's easier to it's easier to not get hmm how do I want to put this? I still dwell on everything, but it's easy to uh not be so emotionally affected by the dwelling. It's just like, oh, I'm dwelling again. What else is new? <laughs> oh well, that's still what we call depression. <laughs> I yeah, don't know I mean, I don't... yeah, sure, but I've just you know I've learned to live with it. It doesn't get better. It just stays it the just same. just more slowly gets worse. Oh. <sighs> okay. All right. Anywho. Oh, boy. I just... Uh, I got a vamp because there's got to be a refill going on. If you're going... Are you going to the fridge? Can you get me a thing? Thank you so much. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I Like, I feel like, you know, doing 2020 year two again... Or year three, we're in the third year of 2020, right? I can't do math. I don't know math. Um, you know, I, I just don't want to, like, I don't want to do third year of this and be like, we're really trying to, you know, change lives here. Well, listen, hey, it only feels like 2020 year three because the Omicron situation is yeah. bad. I, I, and genuinely living in New York right now sucks. It's also, but there's been no sun for a week and I'm like, I'm feeling it now. And I'm like, am I going to go to a tanning bed? I might. Well, listen, you get all the typical depression on top of other things. But yeah, I mean, the bizarre feeling right now of the of the COVID restrictions being high. And I, I know I talk about it all the time, so I won't get into it too much. But I think that is contributing to this right now. It being winter. And then you're like, oh, my God, this is winter. What, two of this? Third year of this? Like, yeah. why does it feel like it's repeating all, the, the, same. all the same psychosis is happening. The sameness is what's troubling about it. Ugh. But listen, by summer, it'll feel normal again for a while. And then next winter, it'll come back. I think that's the new normal that will persist for... That misery shall circle. Probably for kind of ever, honestly. January I, misery is now just compounded extra because there's no snow anymore, but you still got to say inside. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
If you, it was snowy, I'd be like, oh, this is fine. Gray and snowy, at least it bounces light. It's a little brighter. I don't know. There is something romantic about the snow or whatever, but I don't think it's that. I think it's more just, I think it's the COVID. Having to pretend like it matters for, for more time is is driving everybody crazy. And you can just see it. I mean, I, I've been noticing at work, for example, that like people right now are taking really, really long lunches because it's the only time you can have your mask off all day. Yeah. So people will just sit at the table with how... no food and an empty seltzer in front of them for like an hour and a half just to avoid having to go back into the miasma. Do you see how red my nose is right now? Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's the treat myself to new mask for new year. But also after ha- not having it on for five days, I'm like my my skin. It was it was so used to not being abraded. Oh, no. Oh, God. Well, and I don't know. It's just all the same problems. It's all the same political problems. It's all the same discourse. It's all the same bullshit. And it's also artificial. Like, you know, everyone was mad at AOC because she just went down to Florida, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, Florida's fucking fine. I kind of want to move to Miami, honestly. Ew. No, it would rule, dude. Why? Why? I don't know. Why live this way? Mm. You can tell it's wearing on everybody even here, and it's even worse for the people that are like true believers because it's wearing on them, but they're not allowed to admit it. Oh, they should, and it's driving them even crazier than me. Oh, know? what we have to talk about is you know the swagger of New York. Is that an all-time low? No, did you not see the thing Eric Adams, his first thing? He's just like, we've been wallowing for too many years. New York is about swagger and resilience. we, oh, we got to get our yeah, swagger back. Sure, sure. And also the people who work at Dunkin' Donuts or whatever could never be in a C-suite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, everyone's yeah. just like, you suck already and it's been three days. You need to shut the fuck up, No, dude. but I'll tell you what. I, I said on this podcast that I was kind of hyped for Eric Adams because I thought he would like cater to a more conservative demographic and he he is paying well, yes he a is, different kind of conservative he, yeah. he is paying that off sort of now i will say about him like the people that are mad at him i don't think that represents most new yorkers i think a lot of people are happy to see de blasio go well any yeah which is fine and eric adams is a complete goofus like he has he has weird beliefs he has a weird presentation he has a weird voice he's not a good guy i feel like i'm not standing up for him here but like him just saying, like, yeah, we're not going to close the fucking schools. Like, it's just not going to happen. I mean, honestly, for a big liberal city to have somebody like that in charge is, in my opinion, at least directionally better than having somebody that's like, no, we're going to lock down, do everything remote well, again, blah, blah, Every blah. day, the kids have to do, like, a work COVID survey of, like, hey, do you have any of these symptoms? And if they test positive, they're out for two weeks anyway. No, I know. It's a complete cluster. Which is, like, wait, so you have to go back, but also if you're positive you're not back for two weeks so that's two weeks of learning you have to do kind of on yourself but also maybe you're sick so it mess hot ass mess all the way around well and like the thing he said about low-wage workers just not having the skill i mean it's inexcusable i don't think it's i don't think it's good that I was wild i was like whoa <laughs> I, I, I don't think he's good but it's interesting to see like him being the voice of new york it's weird i, I don't know where that's gonna go remains to be seen but i'm curious about it it's very odd and also like what was that picture he held up while being sworn in? The lady in the yeah, that was really glass. weird. I like, have no idea. There's some like who? How did this happen? Like you know, whoa. Like at least Bloomberg, whatever. But like running well, a media empire is different from like hi, this guy is a a weirdo who did bureaucratic things. I don't know. Yeah, I mean nobody. 
nobody knows why they voted for him, you know? Like, right. talk about a mass formation psychosis. Like, a bunch of liberals in New York can't even consider the Republican candidate, so they must elect this guy. Nobody vetted this guy. Nobody cared who Eric Adams was. He just yeah. won the primary, therefore he wins. Right. And it was between him and Andrew Yang. So it was... <gasps> a, it was no, it a wasn't. Cl- Andrew Yang was never going to win. But Well, no, I mean... In name recognition. He made yeah. a lot of blunders. It really was between him and Andrew Yang. Like, oh, the, the, the actual, like, political, like progressive candidates that were like trying to run imploded on themselves like multiple times. I don't even remember their names at this point, but it was all like these inside scandals of like getting really canceled mean, by their yeah. own staff yeah, members I, and shit. I remember that one. I, I was mean, like, whoa. So okay. no, it was Andrew Yang or it was Eric Adams. Nobody cared who won. That just, I think most rich people were like, we don't want it to be the Yang gang guy. Like that's weird. So whatever, <laughs> we'll vote for this guy from New Jersey. Like who cares? Then nobody cares who's in charge. I know. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. They're just, again, the the mayor of New York is just someone for people to get mad at. Right. And so far, I think people will mostly like Eric Adams, at least until he does something really stupid. Can't but, wait until he has to do his first like NPR Friday show and gets yelled at by he everybody. He probably just won't do it. That's true. I mean, it'll be like Trump with the press conferences. He just won't do that. There's no reason to do that. Yeah, I always thought it was a bad idea. I'm like, why are we listening to people scream at Bill de Blasio on NPR every Friday? What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about the mayor of New York. Who fucking cares? It's it's not going to matter to me until they drop the restrictions. I, yeah, That's I just, all I want. That's I just, all I want. My thing is just like the idea of like swagger. I'm like, yes. Anybody that thinks Eric Adams has swagger, though, he has weird swagger. Like, he, he does have That's that, what I mean. This, he does have that Trump energy where he's like, I'm just bizarre and I don't really give a fuck. Which, like... I don't think anyone who, like, the, you know, if we think of the abstract of, like, you know, New Yorkiness and, like, the bravada that that usually entails, like, it usually in, in, in you know, entails a show, right? But we don't like weird shows. I, that is not true, though. America likes weird shows. At the end of the, at the, end of the day, New York's an American city, Ugh. and New Yorkers are the weirdest people on Earth. No other American shows up to this city and thinks that people here act normal. Right. But like, you know, I mean, what everyone we... feels like a cartoon character. Like, do you remember the first time you ran into like a cop or like a New Yorker that had the fucking um from fucking Staten Island? And you're like, oh, yeah, I was. Whoa, I was you... behind a guy from Staten Island at the bank today. You and I look was like, like you're in squiggle vision with your accent. <laughs> like, it's insane. People here are insane. Of course, Eric Adams is a weirdo. It's fine. And increasingly, that's what all politicians are anyway. I mean, if that isn't apparent to people. I think now, so. like that—that's what every public representative is going to look like going forward. Is somebody that's fucking weird Coach McGurk to get a lot of attention oh, and boy. willing to put on kind of a show for you? <sighs> like that's pretty much all it is. Squiggle Vision is titled that, by the way. Okay. Um, because I think that's what we're seeing now. We're just like, oh, everything is just ooh, vibrating in a, you know. Well, it's weird that that parts of the world are in squiggle vision and then other things are so severe. Like, my everyday life feels pretty, like, severe and rigid and I hate it. Right. But then, like, all of the infotainment is squiggle vision. You know, whether it's Eric Adams or listening to a Rogan episode or whatever the fuck it is. Like, things feel wonky, like, metaphysically. But then, like, in a concrete terms, everything sucks. Yeah, I'll and it's really hard to balance the the two 
Everything, yeah, everything that I deal with bureaucratically is now driving me up a fucking wall. Yeah, I'm it's like, driving everybody crazy. I'm just like, wait, what do you mean? I have to monitor this this day amount. How when? What was the date someone got a shot? What is this? How are you? What? And I'm like, I'm just trying. Listen, 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 listen. I'm just trying to get paid a lot to do, you know, a job that apparently you know, Eric Adams Steve is unskilled. But my brain is slowly melting because I'm like, whoa, 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 what, what is my responsibility now to be the czar of, I'm a health czar, right. but also not. H- hang on, I'm going to grab my phone real quick. Okay. Um, Because on that podcast that I was listening to earlier with Lex Friedman and that doctor, that doctor put something so perfectly that crystallized like all of my frustration with all of this and the source of it. And I think this is the source for a lot of people's problems. So this quote is in the context of like, um, do you have to shut society down? Do you have to go to COVID zero? Right. Mm-hmm. And his, his response is you don't have to let the virus go through the population. You can shield preferentially. The policy we chose was to shield prefer- preferentially the laptop class the set of yeah. people who could work from home without losing their job, and we did a very good job at protecting them. That's correct. And that hit me in the gut where I was like, yeah, that's why they're the most alarmist people about this. It's not because they're delusional. It's self-interest. Well, yeah. This serves them. The wage slaves and gig economy workers do everything that needs to be done, and my life actually got better. I got less stress working at home. I'm not exposed to any disease vectors. I get to look at everybody as if I'm morally superior and they're less so than me. You know, the quarantine time is cut down. It doesn't affect me. It only affects them. And for both you and I, people that are on the shit end of this stick, it's like they could reduce the quarantine time to zero days, but we're still going to have to go to work. And the work from home people get to exaggerate the risk and still stay at home. And it made me really realize that, yeah, the class of people that I'm mad at is not even rich people, even though they're profiting the most off of this. They're just taking advantage of this crisis. The people that I'm mad at are the fucking laptop class. I'd never heard it put that way. Laptop class is my favorite term yeah well, i fucking hate them well that was yeah that they're was, making this a problem and they're electing people like eric adams to bring it back to that they like well, the show of it yeah and they like the restrictions but they don't have to fucking deal with it and fuck them right i mean yeah i don't hmm. and it's in it I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of i'm personally resentful about it you know you can say what you want about whether or not that was the right societal move or not i think it's clear that it was not no but you know, okay, if that was the calculus and that's the decision we made, it kind of makes sense, right? On a macro scale, you're like, listen, th- these people can get what they need to get done without impacting anything. We need to protect them to keep the capital machine. Well, running. let me let me also say this. So, like, there was a there's two things that oh, two things that I read that I brought up. There was like a uh, an interview with people who had to work in an office for the city, and they had to go in. Oh my god, two days a week or whatever, each hit. But they were, like, complaining because they were, like, oh, you guys aren't talking enough, but, like, you have to stay six feet apart, and, like, what are you doing? So they're, like, why do we have to even, like, it was this was so much easier at home. And they're, like, they just want us in the office so they can watch us because we're not really working the whole time. I'm, like, yeah, because based on this Refinery29 article that I read of someone having a really busy day who woke up at 9.30, went to an hour-long, you know, uh, Whole Foods run, walk their dog, and then was done, you know, had a heart out at five because they were really stressed out all day. I'm like, 
for your six hours of work. I'm so sorry that that was hard for you. Like those people are just like, oh my God, like it's really oppressive to have to like be watched all the time, be measured against metrics of work. I'm like, oh, yeah, you think? Yeah. That means that you don't actually work. Right. Like your idea of work. I mean, I understand that you could do a whole week week's worth of work for six hours, but like, then we should all just be on that same page together of like, how long do you actually really need to work? Do you need to work 40 hours? I'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't really need to be here for that. Well, listen, and there are a lot of jobs that require 40 hours a week, but what's weird about the way that things are being structured right now, whether it's COVID restrictions or political policies of any kind, is that the people that actually need to work 40 hours a week, which is a fuck ton of people, are the ones that are being the least supported. Right. Like, I, if I have to work 40 hours because we got to keep the trains running on time. Yeah. Like... You know, because everyone who's working from home needs to skedaddle off to the mall and blow some cash or return the shit that they ordered online while they're in a meeting. Happens. Um, Who still show up fully raging COVID. And I'm like, oh, I know you're only here because you're not at work. Which I'm like, because I had someone yesterday who was like, I I need to. I'm like, you need to go home is what the fuck you need to do. Well, Well, and this is the thing, right? So when it comes to COVID protocols and what I would... um, what my ideal society would look like is like, okay, listen, a lot of people can work from home and can do so indefinitely. And I don't really care if they're productive. If they, I don't care if they work one hour a week and get a hundred thousand dollars a year. Good for them. That's actually fine. great. You that's, won the lottery. That's the least of my concerns. Yes. You, you won, you won this little PMC lottery. Good for you. You should also just sit the fuck down However, and shut the fuck up. What does that mean? As far as restrictions go for the society, what that means is that there should be none. Because what you're saying is, listen, the people that need to work 40 hours a week and need to be out there, they need to be out there. And the, the virus is going to blow through that entire population, no matter whether they wear masks, no matter whether they get vaccinated, no matter any of these things. Hi. So, therefore, what should we do? Absolutely pay me nothing. More. They, they should pay us more, fine. But what I'm saying, I'm only talking about COVID restrictions right now. Yeah, what would that actually that. look like? Live your fucking life like normal because you're making us do it with all these additional things that are only helpful to you. They're not helpful to us. We all got coronavirus. They're all detriments. They're detriments. They're detriments to our mental health, everything. Yeah. My nose, my I'm sorry nose we've talked about this so many times on the but podcast, no, but I li- genuinely am like fixating on it's it It's right two now. days back and I'm already just like, I'm so over tracking everything that I'm like, I don't care. Society should be organized in this respect around around people like us. Around labor. If everyone else is going to get all the gains, I at least want to not have to wear a mask while I have to do your work for you. Also, like, you know, you know, if we've the the one tweet that I did like that was like, well, if they can't have us out for 10 days, so it's five. What happens if the whole world goes on strike for nine days? Yeah, yeah, I've been, and I'm like, this. okay, all of you who have the the you know the luxury of, you know, union organizing and especially when it's like my job at the museum is really hard. I'm no, like, no, 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 no. Okay, look, you- look, look, union organizing is not easy. That is hard work. Anybody yeah. that actually does that and earns themselves a union, that's nothing to scoff at. But making a post online that says, "Hey, we're going to do a general strike on two twenty two twenty two is not going to go anywhere. No. That's not organizing. That's um, posting into the void. That's yelling at people on Twitter. That's, that is virtue signaling. It's, it's like, I'm yeah. supportive of the idea. I'm like, well, you had a lot of time to think about that. Um, well, and speaking of the white collar workers that are the focus of this ire, like those are the people that don't want to 
take the brunt from the blue collar people of looking bad. So they will support things like that online. Yeah. But I, critically only there. I would like to propose a new because I don't think the idea of like because there are white collar people who are like, I still have to go to the office and, you know, run the trains on my end. There are people who are like, literally, it's just faster and easier if I have an office to do this. My life is better having, you know, the psychological split of I do my work there and then I go home. I don't bring work to the home. That never happens. But like, you know, in a perfect world. Sure. I think we have to set the sights on the collarless workers. The crew neck t-shirt people who are like, yeah, I'm really coding or doing whatever at home. And I'm so glad I don't have to like leave the house. Or doing ad stuff on a Zoom of just going like, well, I got to increase the metrics on Instagram this week. But uh, don't make me go to the office, okay? Right. Because, like, I don't know, it's so gauche. To, why would we even go to the office? There's no need for us to be in the office. You're just, like, making us show up. And it's just like, yeah, sometimes pe- we don't know what you do, basically, is the moral of that story. Is like, you still, we don't I, know what you do. I, I mean, look, ch- chances are that most people that are able to work from home, it's not even, like, a question of just, like, mo- malevolent surveillance or anything. Most people that work from home, if you're just a coder for an ad agency that's just, like, putting pop-ups into people's browser windows or making like, you know, rejiggering the Instagram algorithm so that it surfaces the right kind of like tanned leather flip-flops for people. Your job is pointless. Yeah. The actual economics of economies is people that do productive labor, like move boxes and shit. Yeah. Your job doesn't need to exist. Society has been catered around you because it's a Ponzi scheme right now. And because the top of the pyramid is running out of rubes, we need all the rube manufacturers to stay employed. Because hmm. there needs to be more people to sell this bullshit to or this whole thing collapses. Right. The base level of the pyramid that's moving the boxes around and keeping this whole thing functioning, well, we can just take them for granted. They'll always be there. They've always been there. And that's replacement stock. It. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, that's true. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, do you, do you know? I just would love for, like, the collarless class to just get knocked down at about $20,000. What like at this at this point, man? I'm so desperate that I don't even care about the money. the the mm-hmm. the act, actual way that I could see them in my life be knocked down a peg is just we're not doing anything regarding COVID anymore for you. Nothing. Right. Okay. If you're afraid of the world and you don't want to go out on it, good. Live in your hole like you've been doing. You'll still get all your essential services or whatever, but don't expect me to show up at your door with a mask on. Don't expect me to show my vaccine fucking anywhere. Who gives a shit about this if you're going to send send us all into it anyway? Why yeah. should we care? We all have to get COVID for you. Right. Yeah. If that's the case, then why do the, any of this to any of us? It's sadistic. Well, it's not even that. It's also like, as far as don't money shame goes, people for be like, I want to actually live my life. It's like, well, you should not. Well, it's and, like, and don't I'm shame so people's sorry. sources of information. Don't shame counterfactuals to what you assume the truth is. <laughs> How do you even know what the truth is if you've been holed up in your home for two years coding for Instagram, right? And getting and getting your news from BuzzFeed and Twitter. Like, you actually think this is dangerous, don't you? I've been out in the world, and it's not. I mean, there are people, like, there are people who are, like, if you are immunocompromised, I'm like, yeah, this is great for you. Like, sure. But, like, again, if you are a member of the collarless class, 
who's immunocompromised and you're like you need to organize around me and but it's like there's still blue collar oh. immunocompromised people who are like but i still have to do it and i'm like taking every precaution and it's at a great expense to my sanity well i'm glad you brought this up because that's often a cudgel that's used against people that are anti-restrictions is like what about immunocompromised what about the elderly Yes, of course. Those people should be given preferential treatment. There's also a lot of elderly people who are like, I still have to go to work because I can't retire because I'm in debt or I have whatever. And they're just like, I just got to do it. And you're just like, but you are at risk. And they're like, but I got to do it. And you're like, oh, and we're doing nothing for you. Well, that's why I'm glad you brought this up because the virtue signaling around this makes no sense when, yes, you're still forcing the 75-year-old Walmart greeter to go to work because they don't have enough money to retire. Yeah. And they have to do it. And the immunocompromised people that work for the MTA that, you know, like you're full of shit if you're saying that society should be organized around protecting those people. Because if that was true, yes, those people would be masked up and vaccinated and have their food delivered to them and be catered to at every level. But you don't care about them. You care about you. Yeah. That's the part that I'm like, oh, what do you do? Well, I run analytics for whatever. And you're like. Okay, so actually, like, a machine can take your job at any point? Cool. All right. Noted. Machine can't take my job. So sorry. Like, well, I, I mean, this is just future casting now, but, and I don't know if we'll even ever live to see it or who knows how it'll actually transpire, but it, you are exactly right that the people right now that are the most protected are the most easily automatable jobs in the world. And you better believe that the moment that that's possible Ooh, baby. at scale, those people are fucked. Yeah. And then they have no skills. So in this Eric Adams sense, when he's like the low-skilled Dunkin' Donuts worker, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? These people are in for that eventually. And I think it's going to hit millennials particularly hard because it'll be right around retirement age when oh, yeah. that's supposed to happen. And, and there'll be a be lot fired, of millennial yeah. Walmart greeters all of a sudden that used to be 100,000 heirs coding fucking bullshit, but they spent all their money on uh, fucking Funko Halle Pops. Berry posters. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of the, this is what, you know, especially in my field, I'm always like fascinated by people. I'm like, what is your, like, I'll get like a note or I, I get a deck from, you know, a team where I go, huh, interesting. Have you ever spent a day on the floor talking to the public? And they're like, mm, no, I'm like, it shows, it shows. Like there, w- people who act, I think what we're in for in any, any, literally any, um, market job market or any sort of engagement where it's like you know we're really analyzing what the public's doing there will be there will be people who are like yeah i'm an analyst and i do this and you're like or you know what we respond based on this market data i'm like okay so you're just regurgitating the data that you know an ai thing can just compile for me you're compiling an excel spreadsheet that we could automate okay noted um who can actually interpret and I think that anyone with sense is going to be like, oh, yeah, I can look at this and tell you exactly what's going on. There are people who are like, uh, well, uh, I think. And they're like, but do you know? Have you ever had experience like what the public is actually telling you? And they're like, um, well, we've heard. I'm like, oh, you've heard. But you've. OK, you've never had to witness someone like tell you anything. Interesting. Well, of course, they do like field studies and things like that which is just go out and do a limited like statistically significant or sufficient sampling of enough rubes to like think they know what's going on but that's not actual intuition or experience that's just 
yeah, human data analytics, which is easily replaceable. I mean, this is what Palantir supposedly does. I have no idea if their technology actually works mm-hmm. or not, but they are w- working on and have implemented like AI algorithms that are interpretive. They don't just gather, they're actually able to draw conclusions based on data, and that's all computers. But that that's so, fine to, again, have a thing that interprets it, then it does require some human at some point to just look at it and go, I get how you got to there, but no. You're talking about judgment, yeah. Yeah, there, there's still going to have to be a judgment class that will yeah, emerge yeah. that's just like, I see this data, and I see this presum- presumption, but we're going to choose option B versus option A of what you're Sure, sure. You Operations know? managers will be the hardest people to replace autonomously yeah. eventually. Anyone who has... It won't sp- be administrators, and it won't be implementers, really. What do you mean? Impl- uh, implementers, yeah, yeah. like anybody that has to take a plan and actually put it into action, that's pretty easy to automate. That's just making a pattern happen over and over. Right, yeah. But the people that have to decide uh, which way are we going to go, like that's a more difficult decision for a computer. Anyone who has to take the human portion of like what's going to be responded to, you can't replicate that. You can have a good idea of what's going to work out, but you're just like, at the end of the day, if you're like, is this right? Mm, I don't think so. Like, it's not gut, but it is training just by being around and having exposure versus like, I love this data. Love it. You know, and we will tailor what the gut check is telling us to kind of hedge it. But mm, let's add a little human sauce on there i mean what i think is hard i never want to say that phrase again i think what is hard to replicate right now is gut instinct versus data compilation because really that's all your brain is doing you know this can be modeled like ai is pretty advanced at this point already there's a big difference between like what the most advanced supercomputer can do and the ability to scale that at cost because that's really what we're talking about like computers are already capable of everything that you're talking about right like compiling data and making decisions based on experience and in fact they're better at it than humans because they have all of the experience of every human and every computer simultaneously and instantly the human brain's not you cannot compete with that like eventually computers will be better at making decisions than we are able to be but but that that's a weird thing because someone you get into to, a philosophical yeah. thing where like are are do humans have the x factor that a computer can simply never have yeah and i don't i don't know but i will just say as far as like executing these protocols computers are already better than that but i think what you're talking about that x factor is also the kind of thing just like we understand that this is what it is but also can we pivot away from that can we change the, you know, can you change the conversation? And you're just like, I, this is all, I understand that this is where we're going, but that's hegemony, hegemonic and just yeah, plain and just like can sustain at small metrics. But like, can we be daring? Can we think outside the box? Can we do anything else to have some kind of change? Well, we had a conversation recently on the podcast about like risk aversion. Yeah. Right. And how a lot of incentives in society right now for capital reasons mostly, but for just a, a lot of on a lot of different vectors are very risk averse, right? But and we still love a good calculated risk. We love the gamble. Do we, we though is the is the mm-hmm. real question. I kind of I'm not sure that there's that many people left that do. I think a lot of people are trusting of technology because it's been so integrated into our lives. Culture does favor anyone risky though. 
of like, oh, you did a thing that no one else would do. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know, like, I mean, I do think that culturally I, we that's what we value. We, you know, we we love a, a curveball. But you know, it's it's gotten so hard to tell. I think whether that riskiness is real innovation or is propaganda in favor of those figures like it does make me think about elon musk right because i think he's really good at marketing himself as somebody that is innovative and took a lot of risks and did all these bold dynamic things right but is that really just a marketing campaign for a ponzi scheme yes and i think a lot of things boil down to that at the end of the day i think genuine like risk calculation and people taking a calculated risk i think that's rare i don't think people do that very much well this is what i was going to say like your example of elon musk is you know it's it is a ponzi scheme but of course it is i mean tesla is valued they recall every every other car company and they recall every fucking car and they have the stupid steering wheel like fuck that but like what i'm trying to get at is sort of the the kind of uh the idea you know however again out of sync with this this is with the analytic culture that we're in but like any idea of something avant-garde of like oh i never thought of that before like we're we're at a full loss of that culturally we're just like give me the same thing because we need to make the money this is where the risk aversion is but we always reward an avant-garde that turns something on its head because that means that it ushers in change we love humans love paradigm shifts culturally i feel like we're going in circles a little bit because because you're just saying that. But like when I give the example of Elon Musk, I'm trying to present something that is culturally promoted as something like what you're saying. Yeah. Somebody avant-garde, but it is false. Yes. And I don't, I, I, I would want to ask you, like, what do you think an actual example of this kind of avant-garde um, calculated risk reward that is substantive actually is? I don't know. I, well, because there, I, I would and my question, well, I, I would say, ask your question in a second. I would just say that I don't think that is happening. Yeah. I think that is a narrative that has emerged and has been sustained by propaganda. That's what propaganda is. Well, the emergence and sustaining of a narrative. But I don't know if there's anything to it. I actually don't think there is. Like, ha- well, yeah, my question basically is like, have we given up the ghost on the idea of the avant garde in the way that we understood it just because? Because the avant-garde has been, you know, had a train run on it by the marketing and advertisement class. It's become difficult to see what the avant-garde is and where it is because it's had a train run on it by the marketing and advertisement class. Therefore, it hasn't been rewarded commensurate with its innovation. Right. It's actually been squashed and destroyed. Like, I'm sure that there's a lot of really good artists when they graduate from grad school that try for 10 or 15 years and don't get very far and end up dropping the pursuit because at the end of the day, if you don't want to commit suicide when you're 37, you need to make enough money to retire. So they have to. They have to. Yeah. So that work does exist, but it doesn't get to be pursued. Oh, it doesn't get. So I would say that possibility is still there, and I think that people do believe in that to some limited extent, and that that innovation kind of is happening. But is it allowed to bear fruit over time? Absolutely not. Mm. 
And I don't even think that like marketing and things like this are that much of a factor. I think those are basically just a side effect outgrowth of the the broader pursuit of pure profit, pure abstraction. That has nothing to do with reality. You don't actually want to see the world change. You want to absorb as much wealth that already exists from the world as you can. What well also what I mean in terms of the idea of the specialization of the avant-garde like you know you, you one could posit like crypto and nftism is an avant-garde in its own right but it's so unseemly and just towards capital and changing things towards well we were on it first so let's profit from it which was never akin with the ethos of an avant-garde in the past the avant-garde was never about capitalizing well two two things um or profit, rather. I, it's capitalization on some point, but not yeah. profit. This is that same problem that I it's, had about the like gay art thing, where it's like, oh, we're having a moment, let's capitalize it. I'm like, oh, like it's, it's hard to make that argument because if you if you think back to Greenberg and the original essay, right, yeah. avant garde and kitsch was a very um, Marxist essay in that it was oriented towards the idea of there's a proletariat class that creates that doesn't create any art that has art made for them by capital because their, their folk art has been absorbed. Right. And the avant Memphis now the, well, the avant-garde is different because it rejects these, uh, capitalized folk aesthetics and tries to create something outside of that realm. Therefore, it's not accessible to the audience that it used to be, but it's accessible to a new audience of newly capitalized elites. Right. It's a weirdly, like, it's proto-liberalism. Like, you can see it all the way back in the 30s when Greenberg was writing that. That was after the 30s. Was it the 40s? 50s? 50s. No, no. I, avant-garde, avant-garde and Kitsch, I think, was written in, in the early 40s at the latest. But anyway, what you end up seeing is that, yes, it was about profit. Green, Greenberg framed it in a way of breaking out of a certain kind of industrialized view of making art, that academic art had run its course and folk art had been fully capitalized. Mm. And now we had this new thing that was forging a new philosophical and conceptual realm outside of this framework. And for a while, that was true. But then it got absorbed. Oh, 1939. Fuck yeah, me. I oh, wow. You. Well, shit. Okay. Hmm. That's weird, weird timeline, you know, in the idea of like the chronology game. I would not put it there. Well, you're wrong. I, I'm I, snapping I, at you to get focus, focus, I, focus, sorry, focus. I'm We're sorry. having a good conversation and you're, and you're weirded out by the idea that you don't know when something happened. It's not about the when, but it is about like the, the, the theme of that, especially think about like what the placement of, you know, World War II. And that's, that's why I'm like, oh, well. Um, well, but the idea was that, that yes, the avant-garde, you brought this up. So the avant the avant-garde did break out of that for a little while. It did make this conceptual realm that was free of corrupting influences for a while. Right. But it was always about new money coming in and supporting this thing. And it was only a matter of time till the new money became old money and the old money became new money. And, and this goes back to last week's you know. thing of like the hippies being subsumed and ad, you know, we want to buy the world of coke. Right. So this is not necessarily a new idea that I'm throwing out there like it, it's been done did that yeah. the avant-garde can be just a marketing tool and we love it we love a nike run ad that looks scary or whatever um 
or an, or an Anheuser-Busch ad that's like a fucking movie that'll make you cry. I think what's different, I think what's different now is that there's no agreed upon trajectory because of the oversaturation of information that's been piling up for 50 years and on the internet, you know, like, and having that in your pocket makes it worse. Like, when people talk about misinformation or disinformation, like what they really mean is just something that doesn't agree with my point of view. And there's mm. so many different ways of approaching that. Like what Republicans think is disinformation is different than what Democrats think is disinformation. And what a pretend communist on the internet thinks is dis- disinformation is different than what a pretend libertarian on the internet thinks. Is. So all of these different vectors are influencing influencing each other all at the same time there is no one through line of objectivity and philosophical truth anymore that doesn't mean that you cannot operate from a position of centeredness and truthfulness and like agreed upon facts but it's much much harder to navigate those waters right the, the sad part is it, it's it, not a recapitulation it, of something that happened before. It's very it's very different because it's more complex. The the sad part is that I don't I think I don't think you actually can have that kind of conversational meeting because everyone's in their own pod of information. So when you say all this different kind of inf- misinformation pod, it's like no one can agree upon one. You know, if I tell you, you know say you have a MAGA hat and I go that's an iPhone X R and you're like no that's a thing that's fucking with your brain waves and I'm like I do think it is fucking with my brain waves but can we talk about what the thing is and they're like no that's the devil's lettuce and you're like okay it's a phone it's a telephone that goes to the internet can we agree no and you're like okay and that's like a simplification but like when I say like, oh yeah, I was on Twitter. Well, I was on Twitter before you were, and you know I saw. You know I can't believe that like, you ever thought Red Scare was interesting. And you're like, I never said it was interesting. I was like, whatever. Like, but 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 listen, what people are really saying when they are challenging other people's sources of information is that I'm challenging the status of the person making that claim on right. objective grounds, which is contradictory there is an objectivity there is a way of zooming out of all of this but you have to take in a tremendous amount of sources and you don't get to make sense of it you don't get to be the arbiter of objectivity there is no source of authority but there can be uh individual intersubjective communication on a level that is not the same as talking about matters of fact right but does express a validity that can be like debated and judged and it's like one of the things we're here on earth to do so i'm tired of people using the the example that you, there just is no truth no no no, no there there, yeah. a, there absolutely is but it's complicated and you have to be smart to figure it out and so if anybody's telling you well you know that opinion's not valid because there just is no truth that's insane that opinion's not valid because you've taken in disinformation they're just outing themselves as not engaging with how difficult of a problem that this is if you if you that's really what they're yeah if you make that statement and go like well there's many you know you know i think of you know when i was told at a young age like there's many zeitgeist and i was like what like that's wrong there's many like i don't know i as i age i'm like well i think that might be true um for better or worse there are many points of view on a single on a single thing. Yes. And the the simultaneity is the part that causes 
the schism of what is the locus of what is the conversation. That's the and epistemological then, confusion. Yes. Yes. Do you, are we? We're agreeing. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can talk to each other. Oh. Um, but that's the thing. It's like, all right, you're right, but ooh, this is not good. It's not good. That's not good aspect of culture. Well, be up for the challenge is what I is what I would say to our readers and to you is like I I don't I it's so tiresome to have conversations with people that cannot really engage with an individual point. And if you lack knowledge, that's okay. You can just say I don't really know. I'm dumb as fuck. Yeah, I'll be the first one to tell you. But when you're having like a sort of meta conversation like this, there's no point in just saying, "Well, we can't figure it out." No, the whole point is to figure out something. It might not be figuring anything out. But you're going to try to, you know, wiggle, you know, squiggle vision your way into some kind of understanding of what world you're sharing with the person you're having a conversation with. That's right. You have to fixate on what you share. And I think like, I think what we've been talking about this entire time is like, we exist in a shared world. I think we forget that, you know, as the point blank range of like, you know, if you are a collarless worker, like going like, well, you live in a different world and I live in my scary box. And you're like, well, uh, okay. Uh, you know, like, can I, can I stop you for a second to just dwell, sure, just dwell on that point? Cause, cause I went on, went in really hard on the collarless workers earlier. And it's like, my you're friends with a lot of them. So you're going to backtrack. Okay. It's okay. I'm not going to backtrack. No, <laughs> I'm not. Kidding. I'm not. What, what I'm, what I'm going to say is like, yes, I would agree that I live in a shared world with you, but that's also all I'm asking of you. Yeah. Remember that I exist too. Right. Look, what I'm saying is you're a hypocrite. Well, okay. and everybody has a hypocrisy budget, but the fact that they have <laughs> what? Okay. But that's a different issue, but okay. No, listen, I mean, I mean, when you're just, I a, like the idea, but I'm like, when you're just a person we'll ex- existing in the world, like you're going you're gonna, to do things that are you're contradictory gonna, to you're your gonna values. You're going to shove that foot right in your mouth. Yes, and of that's, course. And you're going to do that in conversation. It's going to happen all the time. That's fine. But when it's happening at a mass scale, uh, listen, you need to think about the way that this is impacting people around you, people that you know, for well, God's yeah, sake. That's the, like, that's, that, that's yeah. the extent that it's gotten to. Anyway, if you remember, I want you to finish what you were trying to say. No, you had to interrupt me and, you know. You know, mea culpa, but but with but not. It's fine. It wasn't really. It, I was just going to ramble and then get you know get to restate as I like to do. Well then, rephrase. yeah. Well, so. Will you do a little summary? Will you restate? <gasps> no, because I don't remember where I was going. I, the train. You know, I was running over five people and now I went over ran over one. So like, oh. Oh wow, the trolley problem. <sighs> My trolley problem. Will decided to run over only one person. Everyone thinks you're going to run over the five, but not in your case. I would just go, can we just have brakes? Where are the brakes? We don't have brakes? Where's the e-brake? Hey, guys, stop shoveling coal. <laughs> what are you doing? The, sh- the trolley problem is a hot-ass mess. I'd just be like, what are we doing? Who- can someone get dastardly do right the fuck up? Get the people off of the train. Come on. You're really thinking outside the box. You're a revolutionary in the trolley problem situation. You're going to redefine all I'm of just these a fucking realist. Properties. I'm like, can we just not run over the people? <laughs> like, let's get there. And then if we really got to, you know, if Mussolini's on our backs, like we'd go, well, we're going to take out the one guy. Let's be real. There's only one. Five butterflies. Butterfly effect. Unless that person is hot. You could just take Mussolini in the back room and satisfy him in a way he never imagined. And maybe you would chill out. Yeah. If you tie a piano wire. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> That's some shit I've seen on the early internet, believe you me. Oh! Huh. 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 
yeah what's his face john what was the guy who had his dick cut off and thrown out the window oh john bobbitt yeah yeah wow i'm really proud of that poll actually that's a weird early 90s thing to remember but yeah yeah lorena bobbitt yeah cut off his weenus because he was a bad bad man he and she threw it off. She threw it off the uh, freeway exit, and then they found they it. They found it and reattached it, and then he did porn. It, and then he did porn. Yeah, you spoiled my. Yeah, all right. We all know all it's right. not a. It's not a surprise. It's not a big thing. Yeah, I know. Oh, is it not a big thing? Not sure, actually. I mean, if you're gonna get it reattached, you might as well get it like you know. I don't. There's you might as well sc- get it amended. A lot, lot of, that's a lot of scar tissue. Hey, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of scar tissue anyway. I'm also listen. If my dick gets chopped off, I'm also going for the extension. Okay, you we're turning this into top thrill dragster. <laughs> I hate everything about the world. Oh boy, top top. Isn't that a ride at Cedar Point? Yes, tallest roller coaster in the world for a while. No more night. Re- no more late night recordings. <laughs> this this goes. This has literally gone <laughs> off the rails. See what I did there? Pun about roller coaster.